Welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. Thank you for taking this time to sit with Cinta Partners as we navigate through the changing healthcare landscape with knowledge experts. Cinta Partners is an industry-leading management support organization, being the first support organization in the ENT and allergy space. While our focus is on providing support to otolaryngologists and immunologists, our hope is that this podcast can provide all healthcare professionals and executives with an understanding of the changing healthcare landscape, as well as an understanding of the tools and resources that physicians have available. During this podcast, we will bring in knowledge experts within our own walls to help us explore what management support organizations are, the resources and tools management support organizations can provide, and an understanding of private equity and the trend within healthcare. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. Welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. I'm Joe Motes. And I'm Ali Schultz. And we are happy and excited to have you here for our very first episode of Managing Together. Allie, who do we have here and who are we talking to? Today we're excited to explore marketing and organic practice growth with Carlene McCarthy, who is our VP of Marketing here at Cinta Partners. Hi guys, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. If you don't mind, uh, take some time and let us and our listeners know a little bit about you, who you are, and a little bit about your professional background. Great. Uh, So I've been at Center Partners for a little over a year and a half. Uh, Prior to that, uh, I've been a lifelong marketer essentially for 20 plus years. Uh, I started my career with the Coca-Cola company. I was there uh, 23 years and then from there moved on to an independent consultant role working with some uh, smaller healthcare uh, PE-backed companies, and then went to an agency and managed uh, Mercedes-Benz and uh, circled back around with one of the clients that I was working with, which was Senta Partners, and uh, joined the team, like I said, about a year and a half ago. So uh, thrilled to be part of the organization and lead marketing for, um, for the team. Thank you for sharing. Um, here at Senta Partners, we also like to focus on each person's why. Why do you do what you do? And why do you get out of bed and go to work each day? What would you say is your why? So when I was growing up, uh, my mother was uh, in her own right an entrepreneur. Uh, So she was an an electrolysis. She worked from the home. um, And she essentially went to training and started her own business. Uh, And she's been a strong influence my entire life. And because of that, I felt as though, uh, you know, really enjoyed my my time in a corporate organization, but felt as though I wasn't given the um, opportunity, opportunity to create and build uh, to the extent that we are here. Uh, so just thrilled to be able to carry forward um, the example of being a strong female, a mother uh, to my own kids um, and, and working in more of an entrepreneurial space um, at Senta. That's awesome to hear, and I'm sure your kids will be saying the same thing one day that you're saying about your own mother. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, and and Carlene, so you're you're kind of a big talent on the block that I've noticed in just my few months here at Senta. You've named some big companies uh, that you were a part of. I think you said Mercedes-Benz, 
and some other large organizations uh, outside the industry of healthcare. What made you and kind of bring, brought you into healthcare? Um, and, and then why Senta, right? We're, we're a small organization. Uh, we're the private equity back type company. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Why Senta and what made you kind of, I'm going to go into healthcare. Yep. Um, so I really am a learner at heart. I love to learn. I'm learning on the job every day. Um, and in my previous roles, uh, I was more traditional marketing, uh, experiential, um, consumer product goods, uh, auto, um, QSR. I had never been in the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. So a couple things attracted me to this role. One, um, that I could learn a new space altogether. Uh, two, I had never been with an organization that was private equity backed. So mm. it's very exciting, very fast paced. Um, and I loved getting in on the ground floor um, as part of the leadership team. As the company grew and started to partner with more practices, uh, there was just something so appealing about uh, not only learning healthcare, but also supporting the physicians in the care of their patients. Yeah. 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 One thing I'll touch on, I, I would agree. Um, I, I haven't gotten into the ground floor of a new company. You know, I came on a few years later, uh, but I have in my career been on the ground floor of new projects, mm -hmm. right? New, um, undertakings. And I, you know, I would agree a hundred percent that, yeah, it's, it's a good place to be to get in, you know, early. Yeah. And Allie mentioned, you know, this is the first ENT and allergy so space. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that too is exciting. Like, I feel like we're um, kind of charting a new path um, and consolidation in healthcare and organizations like us mm -hmm. are starting to pop up everywhere. We're a first mover and I'm proud that we're building something with these initial practices that we've got, you know, we're able to look back um, and, and see what we've built and make it even better uh, for the next round. Um, so, yeah, would love to hear a little bit more, uh, Carlene, about how you and other marketing professionals in the marketing field uh, are helping or can help physicians and practices really reach their goals to grow and expand and become even more uh, successful and stable in their community. I guess what are some specific ways uh, that doctors uh, and their teams that you aid them in creating a successful practice? So there's a few levers um, that we can pull uh, to start to understand how to drive new patient volume. Uh, first and foremost, you've got to have the right infrastructure in place. So we put together uh, a, a technology stack that supports the practice in growing their online reputation to make sure that uh, new patient calls are connecting at pace. Uh, that we've got the right consumer journey as it relates to uh, website navigation and being able to, uh, you know, find us, find um, the type of services they're searching for, the providers that offer those services, why our providers are best in class, and then easily book an appointment. Uh, so uh, I look at this in really three buckets. Um, one is the referral generation. So that's mostly to be path. Uh, so we've got referral coordinators out there, um, also then organic marketing. So that is the um, really what we're doing in all the digital spaces, both social um, and then, you know, Google and all those spaces where consumers can easily find us, find the content that we're putting out uh, and know that we're an expert in this space. And then 
Lastly is the um, Google, uh, the pay-per-click, the Google ads, Google ads. And that is key in just pushing seasonal campaigns and things like that. So those are the three levers that we typically activate in a big way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Follow-up question. Uh, I know Allie has several questions as well. Um, of those three kind of buckets or, or, or ways that you can support, is there any one of those that you find more success out of or do they kind of stack on top of each other for you know just broad success? Yeah, I would say for a smaller new practice, mm-hmm. um, we would start with organic and then build upon that with uh, with paid advertising, mm-hmm. and then depending on what their uh, what their offering is in the market, what their competition looks like, then potentially bring on a resource to drive uh, referral volume based on you know what they're currently driving in that space. Um, so it really depends on the individual practice. That's one thing I can say we're also proud of is there's not a one size fits all approach. We do set up a, a framework and kind of a roadmap for our practice partners to get on and follow. Um, and we're, we're with them every step of the way, but we also approach um, each practice differently. You know, they're all in for the most part, different markets. They've all got, you know, different specialties to some extent. So it's important that we understand what the unique value proposition is for each and then build a custom plan around them. Would you mind talking about the physician liaisons and how they help support practices in their growth, getting new patients, or just kind of building their name in the community? Mm -hmm. So uh, we've got a handful of physician liaisons currently. Uh, We built the team essentially from scratch. Uh, I will say that um, when you look at the number of new patients coming across all three channels, um, we're really strong in this area where we have physician liaisons, we're getting a a good amount of referrals. Um, One thing that's key in this area is data, and data is always um, really challenging depending on the systems and tools that you're working within. At Senta, we do have multiple EMRs, and uh, we also have a sales tool we're utilizing Salesforce. So it's important that we're tracking activity in the market, what these physician liaisons are doing to support the different practices, and then linking that up with the data within our EMRs to ensure that activity is equaling um, impact. So um, we're working through the data piece now, but with that data, we can really put together a solid plan of attack, understand where our top referring providers are coming from, what type of cases they're sending our way, if they're fully insured, partially insured, and then really um, approach where the white spaces are. So who's not currently referring to us? Why? Let's start having those conversations. Let's get our physician partners in front of them. Uh, We schedule lunches um, to really uh, make those connections and give the physicians the opportunity to interact and, you know, speak around what their specialty areas are and start to create a relationship. And that's really what's important in this space is data and, um, true relationships. Great to hear there. Yeah, um, I would imagine that, you know, just kind of adding in a a question here, um, for the position of a physician liaison, you know, there's probably a different talent or or a specific talent profile for someone that would come into that role and and, and be successful. When we think about uh, physician liaison uh, support, what are some things that you look for um, in your physician liaisons? Um, I think confidence is key. Um, and also, you know, I think everyone 
well, not everyone, but a lot of people claim to be people, people. Um, it's really important in this space because these people are essentially walking in and creating relationships from scratch, trying to strike up conversations, find, uh, you know, a, a common thread um, to then create a, an authentic relationship, to then get on the other side of the door, have those conversations with referral coordinators, with physicians. It's not an easy role. It's not anything I would necessarily enjoy, but the people that we have in place and the people that thrive are very confident and um just uh, enjoy, you know, being social and finding that common connection with uh, with the, the team in these offices. Let's talk uh, or dive a little bit deeper now into the organic growth uh, that you mentioned earlier. Uh, this, I think, you would you reference web content, uh, keyword reviews. One thing I, I wonder too, and you can just kind of maybe add this in in your response. Are reviews the same thing as, say, reputation management, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, just talk us a little bit, uh, you know, deeper on your thoughts on the organic growth. Mm-hmm. So um, with search engine optimization, uh, there are a couple um, key factors. One is the content that you've got uh, that you're putting out there as an organization. Mm-hmm. So in the instance of allergy, we have a very strong leader in that she's uh, leading blog content and because of that blog content, because it's very spot on with the subject, with the season, what people are searching for at the right time, we're having tremendous um, impact on organic search results based on our blog content. Mm. Uh, so that's working very well, something that we're hoping to carry over to the ENT space. In addition, just really having a fairly easy to navigate website with relevant, updated content, keywords, uh, what people are searching for. And then what Google's going to do is optimize that based on how often you're updating it, how relevant it is to the different searches. Also, even your uh, Google business profiles to ensure that you've got keywords around the service lines that you're really, that are profitable, that you're really trying to ensure that are at the at the front line of, um, of that search for the patient. And then review generation that too plays a big part. So we partner with um, a team at Raider 8 and what they're doing is they are working with us to send out review requests across multiple platforms to drive patient commentary. So whether it be on Facebook or Google or health grades um, that, you know, as soon as the patient leaves that appointment, it's uh, first and foremost that we're asking for that feedback, good or bad, tell us, you know, how we can get better and, and being responsive to that feedback. Yeah, I see a lot of value to to reviews, and, and Allie, you, you may have some thoughts on this as well. I, I know my wife when she when she has to buy anything, if it's a new pillow for the couch, or if it's uh, you know whatever it is, a new vacuum. It's all about the review. Mm-hmm. She will make her purchase off a of review alone. I wish she would make it sometimes off a of price, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's it's always reviews and. You know, I find myself the same way when uh, looking, you know, for uh, mechanics for a car or I've read reviews on pediatricians uh, for my kids when switching. Mm -hmm. So 100% I see the value in focusing in on on reviews. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, as an avid online shopper, as well as a consumer of whether it's physicians or just other businesses, when I have a certain need, my go-to is I go to Google, I type in exactly yeah. what I need. So anybody who pops up near the top, mm-hmm. I go, I look at their reviews and all of that. So I'd say at the end of the day, showing up first on Google as well as having 
a good reputation on Google is really important. I mean, Google reviews have kind of become the modern version of word of mouth marketing. So rather than hearing it from my parents, I'll just hear it from any person on Google that told a good story. I'm going to trust them and believe them. Yeah, I mean, it's um, what the oldest form of advertising, right? Word word of mouth. mouth. And now that um, social media has exploded and we're in such a digital world, like Mm -hmm. it's it's still so powerful and something that uh, our newer practice partners um, in the past have not taken full advantage of. And it's on us to, you know, coach them in that area, give them the right tools and partners and um, and make sure that we're actively playing in that space. So we, an allergy and ENT, at least how our practices are, we're, we're not really into telehealth right now, right? But I, I you know, I've started seeing, the reason I bring this up is I, I started seeing all of these different apps uh, come up where you can review, I've seen it, I saw a commercial the other day where the, the, the person on the commercial was talking about, oh, they got to see what school their doctor went to, all the way down to the race and ethnicity, which they were specifically saying, you know, mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable with this. Um, so, you know, with, with telehealth and these apps and things like that, do you think we're trending in a positive way towards, you know, healthcare practices growing and getting care out uh, to patients by leveraging things like that? Or is that something that's going to take a while to catch on? Um, I think in the time of COVID, it was a necessary. I think that uh, for the, frankly, the best care, uh, especially diagnosing and treating, we work better in the space of face-to-face as an additional offering where it makes sense for a follow-up. I don't think it's off the table. I just think uh, it's not a slam dunk for our space necessarily. Also kind of going with digital days and technology advancing, can you tell us a little bit about Google ads, pay-per-click, paid advertising, and other tools like that that we're kind of leveraging now that might not have been so popular Mm -hmm. maybe 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, so the cool thing uh, about uh, digital ads uh, coming from a traditional media space is you can track how effective they are versus, you know, radio, television. uh, There's definitely a delay in uh, consumers acting on that in most cases, and there isn't a true correlation all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one thing that we've been able to do with... uh, Google Ads specifically is build an attribution model, which um, we're really proud about and, um, and you know, working on our second iteration of this. But what we've been able to do is with the call tracking that we've got in place via a partner um, called Callbox, we're able to track all of our paid Google Ads and what those are generating in terms of new patients coming from those paid ads. And then in tracking and human monitoring of those calls, we're able to determine if they booked an appointment and then we apply uh, a kept rate to that appointment. And then based on the patient value assigned to each practice, we're able to determine how ROI positive our Google spend is. So I mentioned that we do this often for uh, like seasonal campaigns and things like this. Obviously, we've got an evergreen you know, Google ad campaign, yeah. but for things like spring allergy, um, when it's such a competitive space, this can be a game changer for practices. So it's something that depending on the capacity of the practice and the size of the of the practice, um, we're implementing, uh, I'd say, 75% of the time. Do you say that when you have those ads in place, not only did you say it yields good results, but would you say that 
people tend to go to Google more, so they're just going to feel more comfortable with the Google ads already since they're already on the search? Or do you think social media ads such as Facebook or Instagram bring just as much value? I think that it's interesting knowing um, as an advertiser what's sponsored and what's organic. I mm-hmm. skip right across the sponsored ads and go to the organic um, because yeah. that goes back to the reviews and the content and things like that. Most people are not that aware of what's paid and what's organic. Um, so because Google is such a prominent publisher in the space and such a go-to, mm-hmm. people are typically going to see it there. And social media... It's changed ever since uh, Snapchat became such a huge player and now TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook is an older social media platform. Now Instagram is becoming an older social Mm -hmm. media platform. And in those areas, you've got to have the right content to really resonate and make an impact. It's challenging to do that in the healthcare space. It's obviously different in the CBG space. So I feel as though we have more success f- with Google ads than we do in, um, in with social media ads and things like that. And also social media ads, although we have done for spring allergy um, campaigns and those have been positive, social media is also based on, you know, your followers too. So you can boost yeah. in that space. Um, you, can aver- you can advertise to a like audience. But in our uh, experience, uh, Google ads have been more successful. And I think too the the, the um, first off, it's really cool to hear how you're able to measure the success of you know the campaigns and the ads. I think Google really changed a lot for business when they came out with Google Analytics ads and how they how they do that. Kind of last question on Google Ads because I know we're gonna we're about five and a half minutes uh, out on time here. Has there been any type of surprises on the type of ads and, and the way you leverage Google ads? And what I'm asking, I guess, to be more clear is, is there a trend that kind of popped up to where you're having more success in an area that you didn't think you would have success in? Or you're having, is everything kind of lining up with what you thought you would see? So there is an aha that came somewhat recently in that we were... Uh, directing ads based on clinic capacity. So we've got a fairly large practice group that has uh, a good amount of capacity in some clinics and not all. So originally we were going out with just a general campaign around that, those zip codes and across all of the clinics and then realizing we have capacity issues, we may be driving awareness around clinics that can't take new patients. Mm -hmm. So then we pulled back and redirected towards only zip codes that had capacity. What we realized after analyzing that is it was significantly driving up our our cost. So now we've resorted back to the all clinic approach. And now, and working with ops is always key, right, as a marketer. Um, And uh, now we're partnering with ops in that call center to ensure that if we get calls for new patients in zip codes where we can't accommodate uh, new patient appointments within a two-week period that we're redirecting them to the closest clinic. So we're bringing our costs back down and ensuring that we're not turning new patients away. We're just working to redirect them to where we do have capacity. Yeah, and thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if you had to define one key item that listeners should take away from this conversation or just about marketing in the healthcare space, what would you say that key item is? I just think um, it's really important to understand your audience, know uh, 
you know, what they're looking for and make sure that your consumer journey is really tight, that you're thinking about it from a consumer perspective and you're thinking through all the different channels that you're, uh, you can be reached and that that's a seamless experience. And in the uh, world of both healthcare and just all the, you know, messages that are coming to us as consumers, that's challenging. So to be in lockstep with your team and know all the touch points that you've got out there and ensure that they're cohesive. Thank you again, uh, Carlene, for joining us uh, for our very first episode of Managing Together. Uh, We appreciate your insight, and we are lucky to have you as a member of the SENSA team. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time as we navigate through the changing healthcare landscape. If you are interested in learning more about SENTA Partners or connecting with our team, please visit SENTAPartners.com. Additionally, if wanting to connect with our guests directly, you can find them on LinkedIn or connect with them at the email in the episode description. Thank you and have a great one.